Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 128 of Season 3 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today on this lovely Wednesday in the end of December is Richard Kirkham of Kirkham Movie A Day and the current host of the Lambcast. How's the snow in Texas, Richard? Not much snow here, but I'll meet you at the coast and we'll have a nice party. (laughs) Sounds like fun. Sounds like fun. (laughs) So minute 128 begins with John and Holly continuing to kiss and ends with the credit of Robert Lesser as businessman. Yesterday, we had basically the final shot of the movie, which continues in for a few seconds in this uh, into this minute where we saw John and Holly in the back of the limo and we get a shot through the, the, the back window of the, the limo. Uh, we see the two of them finally embracing and kissing. And, you know, at least at this point, we know that their, their marriage has been saved uh, for a few years, at least, you know, <laughs> this, this helps save them till, uh, you know, somewhere, somewhere in the uh, mid nineties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we, we never know if uh, if things broke apart in 93, 94, something like that. But, uh, you know, based based on the continuity of the movies, we know that something happened between Christmas 1990 and uh, the summer of 95. So, And, of course, the button that tells us that the movie is over is the music cue. Yes, yes. And it's a great music cue. You know, we, we get the, 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 the music from Let It Snow, which begins to play. Now, did you, what, look up, did you look up Von Monroe? I looked it all up. Okay. I looked it all up. So what do, you, what do you know about the the song, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow? I know that it's been around forever. Uh, I couldn't tell you that it originated uh, with uh, this version. Uh, I think it's a Sammy Khan song. Um, but uh, the, it, the, the, the singer in this particular case was a big band guy. He was a TV actor, he had a radio show, and he was a sing- successful singer. And this song, this version of the song, by the way, was a number one pop hit. Yes, that is correct. So I'll give you a little more information about the song. So the song Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, which was is mostly known by people as Let It Snow. You know, it, 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 has, it uses both names. It was written by, as you said, Sammy Khan. Uh, along with the composer Jules Stein in July 1945. It was actually written in Hollywood, and Hollywood was suffering through a heat wave. And Kahn and Stein uh, imagined uh, cooler conditions by deciding to sing about, you know, uh, hoping that there would be snow, even though we also know, and you know better than than I do, you know, that in L.A. it's very rare, if impossible, (laughs) To have snow. Do you, was there ever snow in L.A. in all the years that you lived there? Never, never, never. We had hail maybe twice in the 62 years that I was there, and that would have lasted for five minutes. But that's wow. as close to snow as you'd get. Right. And now that now that you're in Texas, do you get snow there at all or not? We get, to, we get snow. Oh, I, I know it's not that I, hasn't I, been that many years. I've been but still. two winters, and we did get one day of snow uh last year and then of course the year before that we got two days one of which was the big snowstorm that wiped out all of our energy systems and everything uh texas is not built for snow 
<laughs> yeah, m most places that that are that are largely uh, in hotter climates are not built for it. I mean, I live in Israel. There, there, you know, up north there is snow because there are skiing places. There are places you can go skiing and stuff like that in in the, the mountains, which are in the Golan Heights. Yeah, in the Golan Heights, there's there's enough elevation that you have it there. Uh, in the town that I live in. Uh, it has also a high elevation, almost like Jerusalem, and we usually get snow once or twice a year, you know, where it's enough snow that we get flurries, you know, a few times, right. but it's mostly rain. You know, that's what we well, get here. In, we're in, we're, we're in a warmer climate also, you know, so, but it's because of the elevation. Yeah, in Southern California, you got snow in the mountains, and if you've ever seen a picture of the uh, L.A. Basin, they often showed it, for instance, on New Year's Day when they're running the Rose Bowl. You can see the San Gabriel Mountains in the background. You would get snow-capped mountains in the background, but the snow never came down below 2,000 feet. Oh, wow. Okay, that makes sense. So you you just you had to go up. Uh, so wait, would you go – were there places oh, yeah. close Big by Bear, to go, to go skiing and stuff? Away. Oh, okay. And there, there's and there were ski resorts and that sort of thing, uh, and mm -hmm. they and they make snow up there also, Lake Arrowhead and places like that, which are within an hour's drive of Los Angeles. And like I said, you, you if you were in downtown Los Angeles, you could see mountains with snow on them, assuming that we weren't in the middle of a drought. <laughs> right, that's that's true. So, did, have you looked at the lyrics of the song? Not closely. Okay, do, do you know what's missing from the song? Any reference to Christmas? Any reference to any holiday? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll quickly go through the the, the lyrics. I'm not going to sing it, so everyone everyone is spared yeah, from that. Spared. Don't worry about it. Uh, oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping, and I brought some porn for popping. The lights are turned way down low. Let it snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss goodnight, now I'll hate going out in the storm. But if you really hold me tight, all the way home I'll be warm. And the fire is slowly dying, and my dear, we're still goodbying. But as long as you love me so, let it snow, let it snow, and snow. When we finally kiss goodnight, now I'll hate going out in the storm, but if you grab me tight, all the way home I'll be warm. Oh, the fire is slowly dying, and my dear, we're still goodbying, but as long as you love me so, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. So, first of all, the interesting thing is, is that the, the second refrain, which ends, uh, about we're still goodbying, right? So, the first time it says, let it snow, let it snow, and snow, and the second time it says, let it snow three times. So it's interesting that they, they interchange that a little bit. But as you pointed out, uh, there's no reference to Christmas. There's no reference to any holiday here. No, it's you know, just a romance song. It's a romance it's, song it's about, about a couple snuggling up on a on a on probably a winter evening because that's yes. when it's going to snow. Uh, but uh, you're right. There's no reference to any holiday whatsoever. Yeah. So I mean, it has a winter theme, and therefore uh, it has been. Uh, used or known as a Christmas song. You know, radio stations play it around Christmas and the holiday season. And there are numerous uh, artists who we'll, we'll get to in a little while who have done covers of the song on Christmas themed albums, even though, again, there is absolutely no reference to to Christmas in the song. Now, you mentioned uh, when we first started talking about the, the song, 
that in 1945 it was sung by uh, uh, Von Monroe. Von Monroe, correct. And it w- went to number one on the Billboard bestseller music chart, and it stayed there for for almost two months. Uh, just a few months later, the, uh, another uh, singer named Woody Herman performed a version of it, and that peaked at number seven on the the chart. Now there are numerous other notable uh, recordings. Uh, and can you think of anyone that you know that's that's made a, a recording of it? Uh, I'm sure Bing Crosby. Not that you know personally. Not that you know personally. Yeah, no, yeah. I never met Bing, but I'm sure he did it. Yes. Yes, Bing Crosby did it in 1962. Anyone else? I'm sure. Uh, I'd have to. I'd have to look. I, I, I'm a big fan of Chris Isaac, and he's got a couple of Christmas albums out. No, it might he doesn't. Be on one of those. He's not. He's not listed here. You know. Okay. So that, who who's one of the most famous crooners from the fifties? Well, Frank Sinatra. Frank Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra did did a single of it, uh, and the B side of of the of of the the record oh, was Frank "Remember Me in Your Dean Dreams." Must have done it too. Uh, yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Dean Martin also did it. He reversed released a version in nineteen fifty nine. It was part of his album "A Winter Romance." And then he re-recorded it again in 1966 as part of the Dean Martin Christmas album. Okay. Uh, who else? Uh, we have uh, someone named Helen Merrill, who covered the song in 1991. Carly Simon in 2005. And what's unique about her version of the song is, is that she actually sings the song from the point of view of the host instead of the guest. So she oh. changes around the lyrics. I actually listened to it today. Uh, I, I don't like it as, as much as I like the original. Yeah, it, it, I don't think it works as well. You know, and that, that made it up to the number six on the Billboard chart that, that year. In 2012, Rod Stewart uh, put out a cover version of it, which, which made it to number one on the, on the Billboard charts from his album, Merry Christmas Baby. And his his version of the song remained in the number one spot for a total of five weeks, which tied it for the longest l- leading rendition of a holiday title in the history of the Billboard charts. Huh. So that's 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 pretty amazing that they were able to do that. Um, the song actually re-entered the the Billboard Hot 100 for the first time in 2018, and also in 2004. There was a version released by Jessica Simpson. She had a an album called Rejoice, the Christmas album. So yeah, and she also did a music video. She was she was the first first one to do a music video of this particular uh, song. So anyone anyone interested can go and do a search to to, to look for Jessica Simpson's uh, you know <laughs> video music video. Let it snow. Let it snow. Of let it snow. Let it snow. And I mean, it's a great song. I think it's. Do, do you think it fits in here? Do you think it's 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 a good way well, to to book I, I love, in this I love movie? The up tempo stinger there at the end because it it's got that wind up that go at the start of the song. It's so cheerful in contrast to what has just happened. I I think it's perfect. And of course, you're seeing a different kind of snow in Los Angeles because you're seeing all the paper and the debris coming down from the Nakatomi Tower around them so it is snowing but it's not exactly snow 
Right. Now, do you think that's paper? We, we had this debate, I think, last week with, with Jeanette. Do you think that that's paper or do you think that that is the actual bear bonds? You know, it could be. It, it could be. I think some of it might be the bear bonds, although I don't remember. See, I don't think it would go out the window after they had the explosion. It would. They spilled those things, and it seems unlikely that they would have escaped post-explosion. And right. If, if if the explosion happened afterwards, I'd definitely say that. But uh, I don't. I don't think so. Right. Okay. I. I. I... I had never thought about it beforehand before Jeanette brought it up last week that it that it could be bearer bonds and there is you know there is reason to believe that that, that part of them could be bearer bonds you know so who knows but what what's interesting is in, in the novel the character actually uh throws out of the window a whole bunch of bearer bonds you know in order to oh, no sorry he throws out throws out money i think whatever he, he it and and maybe he he maybe he lights it on fire beforehand. There's there's something uh, you know. It's been it's been a while since I read the book, so I don't remember exactly what it is. But but it is something that comes from there, where they have you know things flying around in the sky or coming you know coming down from the sky. Uh, so it, it could be, don't know. And then uh, we as the the music is playing, we we see the limo start uh, driving off, passing by a whole bunch of. Uh, you know, uh, emergency uh, people, you know, uh, you, you see an ambulance there, you see a whole bunch of SWAT guys, you see firemen, um, you see, once again, more reporters, you see some paparazzi guy, you know, uh, running after the limo, taking pictures of the limo. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know who he's going to, I don't know, maybe the, maybe the National Enquirer would have bought that from him. You know, uh, <laughs> limo wrecked in... Uh, <laughs> In heroic save of Nakatomi Plaza, I don't know something something from that perspective, you know. But I also like the way that the that the shot keeps going as the music is playing. You know, it gives us a, a nice transition between the two. You know, yeah. that the that that the limo is driving away and the music is starting to play, and the, the you know the camera on the crane just gets higher and higher until basically the limo is out of sight. It goes into like a a, a big mist of of fog or or a cloud or whatever and then the you know the 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 credits begin to roll as the music continues to play you know we we get the typical uh uh first of all we have Bruce Willis as John McClane Bonnie Bedelia as Holly General McClane I, I like the fact that they write both of her names in the in in the McClane um, Gennaro yeah well Gennaro McClane right and then we got uh, Reginald Vale Johnson as Sergeant Al Powell, Paul Gleason as Dwayne T. Robinson. Uh, you know, we, we we know who everyone's in the movie, so we don't need to go through everybody who's who's listed here. But they they basically have you know the the main eight people uh, who are not bad guys. They're they're listed together, and then the next thing you get is a title that says terrorists, <laughs> and then you get a list of all of them. Now, do you know how many terrorists there are? Have you count? Have you ever counted? It seemed to me like there were. I know they they said at one point. I think when he called it in that that there were a dozen terrorists. I think it's like ten. Okay, there are thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. Thirteen, and two two of them live at the end. You know, they were both knocked out uh, on on in the same minute. <laughs> you know, back when I was talking to Heather a week and a half ago, 
and uh you know those those were uh christoph and uh theo were the ones that uh that that survived so 11 are dead and now what i and i've brought this up so many times and people are probably sick and tired of me saying it but i just find it really funny that the poster says you know a dozen terrorists take over uh uh, the Nakatomi Plaza and, and one man has to try and save them or something like that. And, you know, they, they should have just written the Baker's dozen takes over or, <laughs> or, or say, you know, or, or change it that there really is a dozen, you know, the marketing just doesn't work. It's, it's yeah, false I'm sure marketing. That, I, I, I'm sure that that kept the marketing people up nights that they didn't have the exact number. <laughs> Well, I used to have this poster on, on my wall, you know, and uh, it really would bother me that it says 12 terrorists and it's not. I think you're the only person that it bothered. Um, maybe, but but I'm also one of the only people in the world who's done a movies by minute uh, project of of Die Hard all by myself. There you go. You know, there, there was the group project, you know, so but uh, yeah. So then they, they give us a list of, of the, the 13 terrorists. And then there's a little bit of a space. And then it continues with the, the next group of people. It's all the uh, secondary characters. You know, we get the, the FBI guys. We get the engine, the city engineer and the city worker. Have uh, you talked about the FBI guys before? We've talked about them. But if you want to talk about either Robert Davi or, or Grant Bush, that, that would be great. What well, would the, to say the, about thing, either? the thing that I like about it is that they appear together in a movie the next year and it's a James Bond movie. Yes. You know, that's, you know, and I don't think they have any, you know, I guess they do have a scene together. I'm trying to remember, uh, cause Davi's the bad guy and, uh, Bush is one of the FBI agents, you know, the, or the DEA agents. That's DEA agents right. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, I, it's kind of funny that they are, uh, opposites, in the next movie, and like I said, it's a Bond film, so I've 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 got to put a plug in there for a Bond movie. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. That, that that's great, and and they 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 work so great off of each other in this movie. I mean, as we've we've talked about so many times, you know, when we've we've seen them. I mean, basically, they're both uh, they 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 more or less can't stand one another, but they still you know they they have quips towards one another. And, you know, the irony of both of them having the same last name is just great because they it 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 uh, opens the door for for a few jokes. Yeah, that 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 are some of the best jokes in the movie. You know, I'm I'm Agent Johnson. This is Special Agent Johnson. No relation. No relation. Yeah. And then the other one where he goes, uh, this is Agent Johnson. No, the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that works. So now they have the secondary characters. So they have them. They have. They have some of the the cops that are there. They have uh, um, they have Holly's uh, secretary. They have the 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 expert talking on the news. You know Hasseldorf, and then they have listed man and woman. <laughs> you do, know. do you do you have any clue as to who those people are? Now I know who they are because you know I've gone through this movie. But for, from your perspective. You know, are there, can you think of any that characters in the like movie? Something, something at the at the party. Yes. Okay. Was it the lovers who they right. interrupt? That is yeah. right. It's the it's the, the the couple that are looking for a place to have sex, and you know they burst into Ellis's office by accident, and then they yeah. they find another office, and uh, that that works for them too. 
you know, so the 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 man is played by uh, an actor named Richard Parker, who very many credits on IMDb. He has eight credits as as an actor and five as a producer. Um, he he was actually in the movie uh, Punchline, where he played a talent scout. <laughs> And um, so, yeah, he, he I, I guess this I guess uh, this movie is his claim to fame of, uh, you know, getting caught having sex uh, in someone's office. <laughs> and you know, the, the, when you're listing your number one credit as man. <laughs> correct. But but the idea that that people who know the movie will know who the man is, that's also pretty good. Well, it's, it's just the fact that it's man and woman listed together. That's what's the giveaway. Yeah, exactly. And the the woman is played by an actress named Cheryl Baker, who is also in Lethal Weapon. She's in Roadhouse, and she's in L.A. Story. Okay, those are her four uh, main. She has five credits in in movies. Those those are the the four main ones. Um, in L.A. Story, she plays Changing Room Woman. In Roadhouse, she plays Well Endowed Wife. In Lethal Weapon, she plays Girl in Shower Number One. I was just going to ask, is she topless in every one of her credits? Um, I, I'm pretty sure, except for, well, I don't, maybe, I don't know, in L.A. Story. And th- that movie, she probably wasn't topless. Maybe maybe you see her where she's changing or something like yeah. that. Um, that. That I do not know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the, the, the two of them don't have that much, uh, uh, I guess, going on <laughs> in in their careers. If this is what they they are both mostly known for, playing man and woman, <laughs> so it is. You live with the fame that you have. Uh, apparently, apparently. <laughs> uh, and then the the credits continue. We get uh, Harvey Johnson, Gail Wallens. Now, did you know who plays Gail Wallens? We we discussed this when she was on screen, but uh, it was played by Mary Ellen Trainer. Do you know who that was? That's, that's I, a it was because she passed away. I do see that. Uh... She, well, we'll talk about that in a second. But she she was the wife of Robert Zemeckis for like thirty years. Oh, okay. Before they got divorced, and so she was she was in the movie The Goonies. She played the mother. She's in Back to the Future. Um, she she's she has a lot of bit parts in uh, yeah. in many Robert. Zemeckis. She she was in Romancing the Stone. I think she played like the sister who was. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. That's who, probably who was, where I know her her name from. Right, it could be. Um, then, then we get the two police uh, uh, dispatchers. You know, the supervisor and the dispatcher, followed by uh, hostages. There are numerous hostages listed here. You know, there, there are actually there are six of them that are that are listed here. I guess there are six people who at some point had some sort of dialogue, so they had to give them credit. You know, even if they just said, oh, my God, or something like that, you know, yes. or or the woman screaming, you know, who knows. <laughs> and then uh, we get uh, John and uh, Holly's kids, you know, Lucy and John. We get Paulina, the uh, the the, the uh, I guess the the live in maid or whatever. You get the convenience store clerk, the station manager, Thornburg's assistant. And then the the two guards that were killed at the beginning, and then some more of the uh, uh, of of Thornburg's people, 
the producer, cameraman, sound man. And then the final credit of this minute is the businessman, played by Robert Lesser, who is the guy who was sitting on the plane next to John and told him that he should be making fists with his toes. Fists with his toes, yeah. Which is also right out of the book. So a lot of the great ideas from this movie come straight from the book, and you know they, they translate them well into the into the movie itself. That's pretty much all I have to say about the the credits of this minute. Do you, do you have anything you want to to mention about anyone here? No, I, I, I mentioned the ones that I thought uh, were interesting. I'm sure that there are others there that if we dug a little bit deeper, we could find uh, some reference. I think there's a, a credit for Tony Peck, and I've seen his name in other things. He plays yes. Young Cop. And okay. I know Anthony I've Peck, seen him in something else. I will, I will tell you, you've seen him in two other things. And, and I know that you've seen him in those movies. So he was in The Hunt for an October. He played... The second in command of the Dallas, gotcha. who takes over the the ship, you know when when uh, uh, what's his name? When the captain and uh, when the captain to the Red October. Right. Yeah. yeah, right. So he takes over there, and he also plays Ricky Walsh in Die Hard with a Vengeance. There you are. Okay, which in this movie he looks very different, even though we're only talking about a seven year difference. You know, he, he unfortunately uh, is no longer with us. He passed away. But but apparently McTiernan enjoyed working with him because he, he has him in three of his movies. You know, that that already says something about it. He passed away in 1996, actually, which was just a year after he made... Uh, the Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, unfortunately... Uh, sorry, he was actually in four movies by by McTiernan, not even three. He was also in uh, um, the Last Action Hero. So yeah, fun bit of trivia there. All right, so uh, if you don't have anything more to say about this, we can get into the script. Oh wait, wait a second, we don't have anything in the script because it there the script, no script the script point. has already been scrapped. Uh, you know, we've 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 moved on to to something beyond the script because the script has faded out. So we will no longer have any segments talking about the script because there is nothing to talk about it anymore. So every Wednesday we have a segment called Hans Hump Day, where my guests will give their top five Alan Rickman performances. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a movie that you like, but it's a question of whether you like his performances. So, Richard, what have you got for us? Why don't you start with number five and work your way up? Okay, I do want to preface this by saying I excluded Die Hard from the list because that's what we've been talking no, about. No, all no, week. no, 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 no. You no, can't no. do that because you're gonna so, you're yeah. gonna make Die Hard lose five points if you think that it should be on top. Well then, I, or not? Maybe, maybe it's well, maybe it's your put, number I'll six. Put it, I'll put it on top, and I'll bump my bottom one. That's if if you're okay, I'm okay with, with that. that. You can you can use your your. I thought you were looking for diversity as opposed to uh, you know just fitting this one in because Die Hard would obviously be at the top. of Okay, the list. so so why don't you use your honorable mention first and then work your way up? My honorable mention that just got bumped from the list would be Love Actually. Okay, which I think is a a, a fun holiday movie. It's also a Christmas movie. Uh, like Die Hard. Yes. <laughs> and uh, his part there is uh, he's he's kind of a reprehensible character, but he's also quite funny in that. All right. But that means that uh, most of my uh, remaining films are semi-action films with one big exception. OK. So number five on my list would be Quigley Down Under. 
All right. That's good. It's a good choice. Which is uh, Australian Western with Tom Selleck. Mm -hmm. Very entertaining. And he continues the tradition of playing the bad guy in this situation, in this particular story. And I, I, as I, I'm trying to remember the sequencing because I didn't look up the dates, but I think Quickly Down Under was after Die Hard, but before some of the yes, others. I, I, if I remember correctly, Quickly Down Under was in 1990. Yeah. Um, I mean, Die Hard was was um, was Alan Rickman's right, but it was Alan Rickman's very first film role. Right, he'd only worked on the stage beforehand. Okay. So that's that would be number four, number, number five, uh, or number five. Uh, number four would be Sense and Sensibility. That's not an action movie. No, no that's the like I said, there's <laughs> one exception, except that he's kind of an action character in the movie. Yes, that is true because he is a uh, uh, he he is a, a soldier. Yes, and he turn he, he turns out to be a romantic lead. Then you don't really think that that's you know, the kind of part that he would fit into, but I thought that, I thought he was great in that. He's got a great look in the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, number three is, you know, the biggest scenery chewing uh, that he ever did in a movie, and that's uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> I knew what you were going with that one. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. And Cancel Christmas. Yes. So we do get another Christmas reference here. There you go. <laughs> And number two would be Galaxy Quest, which is a perfect movie. Uh, one of the one of the movies that I I think is just uh, fantastic, and nobody should ever touch and adjust anything on that again. <laughs> it's perfectly balanced, and Rickman is hysterical. Yes, he's great in it. He's he does a very good Leonard Nimoy esque type of uh, performance. Right. And that would make Die Hard number one. Yes. Oh, great. That's great. Thank you very much for that, Richard. Uh, sorry to uh, to make you switch things around, but if you want to give Die That's Hard okay. points, you know, if you don't feel it deserves it, there are people that you, you must know that there are people who didn't even put Die Hard on their list. Uh, actually, there's two people who didn't put Die Hard on their list. And, well, and there are other odd, people you know. that the lowest Die Hard is ranked is someone ranked at number four. Also, that's weird. Yeah. Well, I won't hold it against them. Well, you don't need to, you know, so <laughs> there, there are enough uh, uh, fives and fours <laughs> for Die Hard. I we, we, we all know, you know, on Sunday, what, what movie is going to be crowned uh, the, the, the favorite of of uh, Alan Rickman films by a very large margin. <laughs> yeah, it's like a 40 point margin. That, that's how that, that's the uh, you know that that's how very uh, distant ahead it is. So even if it wouldn't have been on your list, it still would win. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that from that perspective. But we'll have to wait and see. You know, we have we do have another guest coming on on Saturday that will give his stuff. Maybe he'll be able to switch things around and you know take off forty points from Die Hard. Who knows? You know, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> All right. So, Richard, you want to tell people uh, once again how they can get in touch with Richard Kirkham? Uh, you can find me at uh, the Large Association of Movie Blogs site, where I am the host of the Lambcast, a weekly podcast. So that's largeassmovieblogs.com. Uh, my own sites are Kirkham a Movie a Day, 
Uh, and that's at uh, kirkhamclass.blogspot.com and kirkhamamovieaday.com. Uh, you know, basically the content on those two sites is the same. Uh, so those would be the places that you could easily find me. You type in my last name and uh, you'll get the karate guy. You might get some reference to uh, magicians. There's a uh, philosopher who wrote a book that has the same name as me. Uh, but uh, most of the entries will be me. <laughs> well, you can pretend to be a philosopher. <laughs> That's it. All right. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on my website, MovieRobMinute.com, or you can find me on Twitter. So until tomorrow, yippee ki yay Yippee-ki-yay, everybody. Yippee-ki-yay.